Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's feature is Death Row Game Show and Endgame. Not the kind of game where you ask Vanna for a vowel. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Really trying to talk myself out of buying Fallout 76. Why? Because I'm going to buy it. You should, you should not talk yourself out of it. I'm probably not going to buy it right away just because I've I've still got Red Dead 2 to play. My The worst, the worst thing is, so I let my... Um, my uh, Xbox Live subscription lapse mm. like a month ago. So now, if I want to get it, I have to, you know, spend $70, $80 on the game and then $70, $80 for a year of <laughs> Yep. Which, man, $100, $150 just to play a game. That's rough. But it's Fallout 76, so you know it's going to be worth it. Yeah, it's going to be so good. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I've got four days of vacation left that I need to use. I can just take a week <laughs> off and there you go. Lose, lose myself. Look, sorry, Char. I got things to do in the wasteland. I ain't got time. Gotta save the world. How was everybody's uh, election day? Except for Doug's. Doug, you didn't have an election day, did you? Not to my knowledge. No. Okay. We recently had a municipal election. Mm. That sounds like fun. I think it all went about the way I thought it was going to. The only weird thing in Illinois was... I was kind of paying attention to the numbers as they were rolling in, and Rodney Davis was getting his dick stomped into the ground all day. And I went to bed with 75% reporting on it, and he was down like 15 points, and he won. Which, that's mind-blowing. That means like two fucking little counties or something must have just went 100% his way. Hmm. I don't even know who that is. He's all right. He's not the douchiest of the douches. He's just kind of a douche. Mm. I just like the the dead pimp in Nevada one. It's my favorite story about your <laughs> the family yeah. that already elected a deceased pimp. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yep, the guy that ran the Moonlight Bunny Ranch died of a heart attack. Still won the election a month later. Well, there's a reason he won. Because your country likes to elect reality TV show hosts? No, because so in in that state, the rule is if a deceased person is elected, that the party just gets to pick who they want and put that person in. 
So basically, they just voted to give the Republicans carte blanche and put whoever they want in his place. You you think that the voters were thinking that through on their way through the ballot box? Oh yeah, abs- absolutely. They were running commercials telling people to do it. I think you're giving human beings a lot more credit. <laughs> <laughs> I I think a lot of people are stupid and voted for a dead pimp. And then I think some people voted for a dead pimp as a joke because America is the only place where people think it's funny to like ironically vote and fuck everyone over. <laughs> it is kind of funny. I suppose. It's funny for Nevada because we don't live there. Yeah, I was going to say, it's funny for me when you guys do that, because, you know, the consequences are lesser if you don't live in the U.S. No. Just just remember, you guys are usually just a few years behind of our trends, so our fascism will slowly creep into your beautiful, beautiful health care. <sighs> we tend to not go quite to your extremes. Hmm. Yeah, I saw some article the other day talking shit about Justin Trudeau. <laughs> he's, I think, I think he's gone a little, uh, a little limp, dicked on a few things. But besides that, he's not. He seems like a, a genuine person who cares about what he's doing. So that's better than most politicians. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. I don't have that many comments about my own politics. <laughs> Canadian politics is kind of boring. Like when they do fight, it's like usually about dumb shit. We did, we well, just said you have a major politician to get uh, booted because of a sexting scandal. So mm. I was going to say well, you don't have a reality show uh, guy as president who tells a black lady that she's racist when she asks him about being a white nationalist. It's, it's true. You guys are the only ones who have that, really. So, yeah. we'll gladly share it with the rest of the world. Somebody else can take him if they want to. Uh, we're okay. I just, I kind of hope he dies in office, but but like not assassinated or something. Like just something embarrassing. Like he sits down to take a shit and just pushes too hard and like blows his intestines out of his ass and dies. Nah, I hope he pulls a David Carradine. <laughs> just saying. I'm, I'm just going to stand in this out of you. Or maybe we could put a game show where he has to run a gauntlet of some sort. Wait a second, that ties into the topic for this week's podcast. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> well played. Uh, bro game uh, show! Stop. Stop. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, movies where uh, essentially they're the running man. It's just a game show where they have to, well, one of them, they have to outwit hunters. The other one plays party games to, uh, I don't know, we'll get to it. (laughs) (laughs) Brian's not in charge of plot descriptions this week, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Noah, do you want to tell us about Endgame? So sure. You picked that one, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. The Endgame's uh, a oh, little... Oh, you these movies, it'll be abundantly clear that Noah picked both. <laughs> Actually, no, I did not. I, Brian picked Death Row I, Game I, Show. I picked Death Row Game <laughs> Show. I'm going to fall on that sword when we get to it. Not, not saying I'm mad about it. 
but I did not pick it. <laughs> but uh, so Endgame, it 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 starts off really similar to kind of a Running Man esque thing. It's the future. Uh, instead of having wars, instead everything is determined by the winners of <laughs> the end game, which is essentially Running Man. You run out into this neighborhood, and they send five guys after you, and it's kill or be killed. It's very, it's very exciting. Lots of colorful characters. Uh, in this one, while the competition is going on, the current champion uh, meets a mutant who's a telepath <laughs> and finds out that she is attempting to smuggle a bunch of mutants out to the middle of nowhere to get on a helicopter and they're going to give him a box full of gold <laughs> if, if he'll help them out. So he's like, fuck yeah. So he assembles an A-team of a, a Viking and ninja. Yeah, people that have people that have names that just describe what they are. Kovach! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy's name is Ninja. He practiced martial arts. It is no use. He's <laughs> uh, so then we go out and it's almost like it converts into like a fantasy road movie but then they're attacked by mutants and it becomes more like a Mad Max movie <laughs> and and then it keeps going and, and it ends up with uh, Nazis being killed by a telepathic kid <laughs> yeah and in true Italian fashion, uh, the main character's main battle is not resolved, and the movie just kind of ends. <laughs> uh, I would say the, this movie is not light-handed in its portrayal of fascism in America. <laughs> so, yeah. right away, I got to ask about something in your plot description, though. You said that the they don't have wars anymore because they play this game show to decide their conflicts, which is true. They do say that in the movie, but they also say in the movie that all of these guys just volunteer to participate in the game show, and that they basically they just sign up. So, what conflict are they resolving if they just sign up randomly? Like that would be like saying well, we're going to solve our like. After the contestants are selected for like prices right, then we're gonna assign one to each country and then whoever wins just that country is the winner. <laughs> I was gonna say they also kind of uh established the this is kind of like a pre-purge movie because they established the fact that the game show is actually just a distraction, like it's designed to get everybody watching it while they send in their uh fascist stormtroopers to basically exterminate people in the ghettos. <laughs> Well, yeah, because they're, they're trying to wipe out all of the mutants, which is why our our group of mutants that we follow for the rest of the movie need to flee. Yeah, mutants, mutants who are who are clearly a uh, stand-in for poor people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from what I remember, there's mutants because there was some sort of nuclear bomb that went off at some point before all this happened. Yeah, if you go to like the Wikipedia page, it'll tell you that this movie takes place after World War Three. And that there wasn't, so there was a nuclear war, and that all the guys that participate in the end game are like old former soldiers. That and that's why they're so good at fighting and stuff. But you kind of mm. have to go to the Wikipedia page to learn all that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get it from the movie. You just 
Well, I mean, I got some of it. There was a mushroom cloud at the very beginning of the movie. If then, if I remember correctly, also uh, you guys remember we we did the Bronx Warriors mm-hmm. way back in the day. I do believe one of the foreign titles for this is actually Final Fight for the Bronx. This is <laughs> this yeah. was sold as a part of that film series, even though they have fuck all to do with each other. <laughs> ah, they're both weird post-apocalyptic Italian movies yeah. about the evils of fascism. I do I do find it fantastic that. Almost all the 70s Italian movies are about how evil fascism is, and they pretty much all spur out of the fact that they invented fascism. <laughs> they were like, okay, we, we did this. This is really dumb and bad. We're so. But it, it, it really comes down to the fact that these guys who were raised in fascism are now in charge of making the films by the 70s, right? Yeah. And I would say this it, the movies, like, if you try to just follow the plot, you're probably not going to have the best time watching this movie. But what this movie is good at, it's just a series of like cool shit. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It becomes a road trip movie and that's what road trip movies are, right? Like you just move on from like one cool thing to the next cool thing to the next cool thing. And the, the journey is the story and trying to get to the destination is just your excuse to go through the, the various steps. And I like most of the steps are fun to watch. So, so I will say, Shar was watching this one with me. Oh no! And while and while she did not have too bad of reaction to most of the movie, the line of "Ah, look at me while I rape you." <laughs> I was wondering the, the weird the weird green guy yelling that that wasn't she didn't appreciate that. She was she she basically told me she's like. Uh, I hope you weren't planning on trying to get physical tonight because that, <laughs> <laughs> like, because this movie just ruined all that. I was like, yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> <sighs> and she also, I'll tell you what, out of all the deaths and stuff in the movie, she reacted to when Kovach gets his like neck snapped while he's like stuck in the mud wall. Yeah, that was that was the one that she was like, oh, that's awful. And I was like, really? That's like <laughs> a good special effect. It's just a guy like spinning in a circle, his head through a thing. I, I thought I thought it was a pretty effective death, actually. It was a, it was effective. I'm just saying it wasn't like it was uh, realistic. It wasn't like gory or anything. No. My favorite kill was the axe to the head. That was there's so for people who haven't seen it, the one group of mutants that they are fighting are using a single telepath to help them be able to see because they've all been blinded. And so we we're led to believe that our main character is going to save the telepath. And when he gets in the room, he just puts an ax in the dude's head. So now they can fight off the other guys. And it's like, yeah, that was pretty badass, And it looked really cool. So that's probably the highlight of the whole movie to me. <laughs> so was this a first time watch for you guys? Oh, I've seen it a few times. Okay, this this seemed like a Noah movie, so I'm, I'm, that's not surprising. Yeah, no, it was a it was a first time watch for me, believe it or not. <laughs> it was for me too. No, it is entirely plausible that sometime back in the '80s I saw this because I used to watch this type of movie back then. But I don't remember this one specifically, and they, it does hit all the tropes of every one of these types of post-apocalyptic Italian cult movies. Oh yeah, this this one was a big like a uh, bootleg VHS movie for a real long time until uh, 
Troma snatched it up to redistribute it. Yes, now it's bootlegged on YouTube. If anybody does want to watch it, <laughs> you don't have to get the bootleg VHS anymore. Just go on YouTube and Google it. I don't even think it's bootlegged on YouTube, but I think Troma might have just put it up. Well, the That's version possible. I watched wasn't from Troma, but <laughs> it might also be up from Troma. Just be careful when you Google Endgame because it's oh, like Jesus. Your first answer is like Taylor Swift. Your next one is Alex Jones. And I'm like, Jesus, it just keeps getting more and more evil. And then if mm. you scroll down far enough, you'll find this movie. Yeah, there's a Cuba Gooding Jr. movie in there somewhere. Yeah. So when you guys were uh, uh, checking out the movie, did you happen to check out the poster art for it? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's a few different posters. There's like the one where it's the main character and kind of like that weird 80s multiple layer thing where I don't understand what it's supposed to be like him going off into the distance for some reason. And then there's the other one, which is the dude in like the football pads. Yeah. Standing yep. on the thing. Yeah. That poster, I arguably is the most replicated movie poster of all fucking time because that and i'm not even talking about like people doing the pose that specific artwork you can find it on the cover of like 35 fucking movies and they're all just slightly different and it's like this one the helmet has spikes this one he's standing on a skull this one he's got spikes on his gloves this one he's got do any of the other ones have a character from the movie doing something from the movie in them because this one doesn't no, no, that's what I'm saying. It's just it's some generic piece of Italian art that they just would take, touch it up in a different way, and slap it up for a movie poster for these post-apocalyptic movies. Because it's cool just, looking, and I'd like to see a movie where that guy's in it. But yeah. right, he wasn't in this movie. <laughs> I can't believe there is misleading box art on an '80s Italian. <laughs> 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 Next thing you're going to tell me is they have descriptions that aren't accurately portraying what happens in the movie. Uh, beats me. Once I find out I have to watch a movie for the podcast, I don't bother to read the description. <laughs> I, just, I just find it on whatever shitty streaming service it's on, and I just hit play, because what's the point? <laughs> yeah, I would like to see this actual movie. So, Brian, did you enjoy it? Uh, I actually had a fun time watching this movie. Um, I don't know if I would say that it's good, but I at least like had a good time watching it. I would say it's it's good in the way that Italian movies are good, which mm. is not the same way that movies are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how the movie's called Endgame, and the actual Endgame part of it is like the first half hour, and then and it's, it's almost irrelevant too. It really yeah. The plot, the plot of the movie is about th this girl comes to this guy for help and he assembles his team and decides to help her. But that only takes an hour. So at the beginning, we get a whole episode of this game show. <laughs> which was actually really well done. I had no problem with it. It's completely understandable why when they stole everything from this movie and remade it into the Running Man four years later, <laughs> I can completely understand why they expanded that game show element of it. It makes complete sense to me because it was executed extremely well right can we talk about his amazing deadly karate chop for just a moment <laughs> <laughs> because he karate chops multiple people to death yeah but well, that first one is the one you don't see coming 
Because that was that was the like sort of ninja guy that he was fighting too, which was actually a really well choreographed fight scene. And then at the end, he's just like, "Oh yeah, now karate chop!" And the guy dies. And it's like, well, "Wait a minute! You kicked each other in the face like forty times in the last three minutes." How did that karate chop do that? The secret weapon. He's got the super chop. Jesus. Slap chop. You love five nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there watching it. I was while well, I was at work watching it. So I mean, I was kind of in and out, but. I'm just sitting there and he's just I'm just like, okay, well, he just took off. He got the what half hour head start. I was like, well, I guess I guess we're settling in. We're gonna watch him try to evade these hunters. And then twenty minutes in, it's like, oh, he's killed every hunter except for this one guy, and they're about to fight. I was like, shit, what's left for the rest of the movie? And then this whole mutant some plot shows up. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, this this movie meanders quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I would actually be interested to see an expanded version of the movie where that concentrated on the the game show element because it was, like I say, it was cool. I didn't mind the rest of it once they start their little road trip. The I found mm. the the team assembly scene was pretty cheesy, <laughs> where he just wanders into like places where stereotypes are hanging out and picks one of each. <laughs> My. My favorite one is whenever he goes to pick up Ninja, you know, he walks into the karate dojo and there's all these dudes, you know, kicking ass and breaking boards and stuff. And uh, Ninja's just standing there, like, flexing and doing, like, Tai Chi poses. And he's like, ah, do you have anybody? And he's like, no, nobody here is hard enough. And he's like, what about the karate master over there? And it's like, how do you, well, first of all, how do you know he's a karate master? He's just doing weird posing Tai Chi. And then the other guy's like, yeah, he never fights anybody. But his body is a weapon, and it's like, what do you know? His body's a weapon if he's never fought anybody. I don't understand any of this. I feel like some of that dialogue might have been translated directly, and it maybe makes more sense in another language. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I love it. the way they test him. Is they just send some random poor karate student to attack him, and it just fucking kills him. Yeah, that works. I'll take him. My favorite thing about that karate dojo is how there was just the one group of guys practicing with a shotgun. Right. <laughs> you know, the, the classic karate technique of shoot a guy. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, maybe he needs the motivation. Maybe somebody needs to attack him. Dude just runs over. They go check on him. Oh, don't worry. He's dead. It's fine. The guy who plays the uh, the frenemy in the movie, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he is actually like not normally an actor, but he he's a writer and he's wrote a lot of fucking Italian movies that I like. <laughs> Good lord! Yeah. So yeah, I mean they. Pretty much, I mean, it's not a big secret. Of course, they get the mutants to their destination and they leave. But I love that we have the, uh, was it the Rocky Three ending? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, the, it's actually a Rocky Two ending, sorry, I think. No, no Rocky Three. It's three, it's three yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just listened to Eye of the Tiger earlier today, too. I should know all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so him and the, 
because he spares the guy during the actual end game segment. And then, you know, he basically shows up later and it's like, oh, what's he doing here? But he's actually there to help him. Yep. But then at the very end, it's like, no, no, we're going to figure out who is the best run at each other and freeze frame. And I'm like, perfect. I love, that, I love that too that he shows up at the end there. he's like I'm here to save the day and it's like they're nowhere near where they started have you been following this whole time <laughs> just like creepily like your fucking Smeagol <laughs> what is going on <laughs> why didn't you help any of the other times they needed help <laughs> the fourth time they've needed help this <laughs> yeah I'm gonna say a recommend for me just because it's fucking Weird ass movie. Uh, it's it's bad shit. It's weird and it's Italian. It's everything you want in a drive-in movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. like the, the thing is, like the violence is done pretty well. I mean, there's no characters. Everything. I mean, you can't expect that in this kind of movie. But you know what surprised me was how well the uh, special effects and the makeup effects specifically were done. Like some of the mutants actually look pretty cool, and I did not anticipate that. <laughs> Like when the when the little kid is using the force, I'm like, oh, you can't even see the string they're using to lift that rock off the ground. I do, I do also like the just the complete uh, Dusex ending of they're they're like, oh, we're trapped and there's no way to survive. Unleash the mutant child. <laughs> Go all Jean Grey on this shit. Well, they did the like cheesy scene earlier where they're like, he they talk about how they keep him in a constant state of hypnosis or something. Yes. Because he's so powerful that if they were to unleash him, he might kill everyone. They're like, wait, now we need him to kill everyone. I know how to do this. Well, well, and earlier they say a telepath would never use their powers to kill someone because, you know, they would have to feel them die and it would drive them mad. That kid just murdered like 60 <laughs> people with his mind powers, you know? They make a reference to self-defense, though, I think. So maybe they... Maybe it's okay. Are you, know, saying, so are you saying that this movie doesn't... Are you saying this movie doesn't follow its own rules? Because I would hardly <laughs> believe that. <laughs> There's literally a scene in this movie where like, our lead character, he's like, okay, Ninja, you stay here. The rest of us are going. And then Ninja hops on a motorcycle and just goes with them, and nobody brings it up. <laughs> 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 Be slightly nonsensical at times, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, I am ninja. You are ninja. He is ninja too. Big recommend. <laughs> <laughs> it's a super fun movie to watch. Like, I, it's not what I expected. And that that first half hour where it's the game show, I'm like, if that's just all this is, if we're watching like robot jocks put in this weird Italian apocalyptic world i'm like i'm fine with that and then it turns out to go to be this like weird like almost like an old man logan style road trip movie and you're just like all right let's do that then (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like a a man on a mission post-apocalyptic maxian (laughs) it is it's it's weird it's it's just a bunch of movies put together it's like but there's no there's no, like, this movie doesn't pull any punches. It's just like, here's our movie. We gotta get these people from here to over there. And let's see what's in between. <laughs> weird weird monks that can't see? Yep, throw some of those in there. Mutant dogmen and green guys that like to rape chicks? Let's do that. 
<laughs> put a guy in a wall? I don't see why not. <laughs> Good lord. Um, yeah, anything else, I guess, before we move on? It's, yes, it's a tough movie to analyze because there's not a whole lot of, like... Like, does anybody, did anybody think any of the characters were meant to be parallels to real-world humans or anything? No, I don't think so. No. I was, I was going to say, what, what it lacks in substance, it makes up in... Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, that is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean this this is a good movie if you're looking for a movie to have like three or four friends over to your house and make snacks and drink beer and watch like a shitty drive-in movie. This is a good one for that because you don't have to pay attention to the dialogue. Although there is moments that will make you shit your pants laughing because the dialogue is so bad, but. <laughs> You just watch all the cool things happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just basically a bunch of action scenes in a row, and they're all fun, and they're all a little different because each each group that attacks our main group is just a different sort of weird. So <laughs> this is true. Uh, all right. Well, then I guess let's move on to the follow up show. Uh, Death Row Game Show from 1987. Ugh. Um, <laughs> so apparently, you don't sound very positive on this movie. So apparently, there is a uh, game show. There's no designated year on this. It just seems like present day from whenever this movie was released. Um, but yeah, there's a game show where they take Death Row contestants and basically almost do like Double Dare esque challenges to get them. And if they complete them, then they, they get, you know, assorted prizes. Some of them, so the prizes may be freedom. Other prizes may just be a new fridge or something. Um, it's never really clear what would happen if they won. It's not- yeah, let's just say that. We'll never, we never get to the point where we're like, oh, well, we actually get to see what happens. It's pretty obvious that the, uh, the there's a finger on the, the weight against them. <laughs> Yeah. I think the one guy wins some money for his family after he dies or whatever. Yeah, because he gets guillotined, and if his head lands face up, his wife and kids get $10,000. Uh, um, so the guy that hosts this, uh, we'll call him uh, Mark Summers Light, since I said <laughs> Double Dare earlier. Um, he hosts this. Evil Mark uh, Summers. We find out as he's leaving work that uh, pretty much most women think this is the most disgusting and deplorable show that's on television. He drives a convertible, so he could give a fucking rat's ass about what they think. Um, constantly has people yelling at him, telling him that he's horrible, whatever. But uh, hey, just lives his life like lives his lives his life like a boss and doesn't care. Um. He gets uh, interviewed on some talk show, and the woman that's there to sort of be his opposition sort of gets wrapped up in a plot by the mob to kill him because this mob boss had been on um, had been on the show <laughs> and did this game where they hooked his junk up to a machine, and he wasn't allowed to get a boner when this lady was sort of doing a strip tease around him. Uh, dear sir, it's the yeah. dance of seven boners. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> uh, 
which he passes. So they're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. But then the host touches him and the thing goes off. And so the dude gets electrocuted. So now the mob is mad at them. And this lady sort of accidentally gets uh, mixed up in it with them just because she happened to be yelling at him in the parking lot when two two guys in ski masks tried to shoot him. And by shoot him, I said, I mean, held guns in their hand as he just drove over them. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. There's some weird side plot with this other guy that wants to get his mom on this other game show, but she accidentally gets on the death row game show or the live or die or whatever the fuck it is. And, uh, so then he's mad at him and he's chasing them around pissed because his mom died in an explosion on television. And then a lot of it, I don't know. It it, it falls apart. Basically assassin shows up to the game show and, they're trying to record the show while evading and or killing him. Sure. Yeah. That sounds right. Well, he was the, yeah, he was the hired by the family of that mobster that got called gay, which is of course the most terrible thing in the world. Therefore you have to kill the guy. So, yeah. So this movie was absolutely fucking terrible and I chose this one. So I feel horrible. You should feel bad for this one. This was this was atrocious. The only good news about this is the YouTube stream of it I watched had been uploaded by a YouTube channel that only uploads comedy movies, and they mm-hmm. had a logo in the corner. So the good news was I knew that they were trying to make this a comedy because otherwise this comedy thing wouldn't have uploaded it to YouTube. <laughs> I kind of liked it. <laughs> Of course you did. <laughs> I I liked it in a, in a weird way though. So so because of the way the acting and how like cheap everything is, to me this reminds me of like a, a film festival submission movie. In which case, if I had received this as a film festival submission movie, I'd been like, oh hell yeah, this is going. In. Who cares? Who cares <laughs> if the dialogue's bad, the story's stupid, <laughs> you know, the acting's bad. It's a bunch of just crazy dumb shit happening. I can get down with it. Yeah, there's moments where I feel like this is almost like trauma level in its That's comedy. exactly what I thought. I couldn't believe it wasn't a trauma movie. Yeah. This is almost like trauma, but without all of the talent and time and effort and money <laughs> that trauma puts into their movies. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. See, I feel like I agree with that sentiment, but you're using it as a dick. (laughs) (laughs) There was literally not one line of dialogue or one joke in this movie that I felt was delivered in a way that could possibly be considered entertaining. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought it was entertaining. I did find weird little parts of it to be uh, just uncomfortable in that weird 80s way so you know the whole thing where he dies because he's gay ah, ha, 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 ha. so funny right mm-hmm. or the fact that the one black guy who gets executed on the show oh, just no. so happens to get hung you know what I mean just <laughs> just so happens well, what, about the, what about the other black guy that they keep in a cage and he's pretty much a, a human monkey yeah and they I don't even think they were 
trying like that wasn't a joke they weren't like ah look at us how racist we're being i think they're just that racist that they just <laughs> had him come out and act like a fucking ape because they think that that's how black people behave because apparently they're bad humans as well as bad filmmakers from what i can tell and did you guys feel like there was a weird setup in the movie that never came to fruition where he stops at that crosswalk like five fucking times at the beginning of the movie and you're like, you know he's going to hit these kids eventually. It's going to happen. <laughs> Somebody's going to barrel through that intersection and hit these kids and it never happens. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. He does keep having to get stopped there and he, you would in a movie expect for him to end up having to barrel through there and hit the kids, but I didn't expect anything from this. After about the first 15 minutes, I was just kind of angry at you guys for making me watch it. <laughs> I, I think the bad thing is the opening of the movie uh, where they're just doing the game show, I think that set an expectation of what the movie was going to be that it didn't end up being, if that makes sense. For some reason, I was under the assumption, and maybe I need to reread the back of the... Because I, blond, I blind bought this about a year ago. <laughs> Awesome, uh, so you can watch it whenever you want now. Yeah. Technic well, weirdly enough, there is like a 45-minute making of doc that I'm actually curious to kind of watch because I just want to hear people explain themselves for making this movie. Did you read any of the trivia on it? Uh, I did, but I don't even remember. It's interesting. Like they said, almost the entire cast of the movie are people, are tour guides from Universal Studios. Oh, yeah. That seems right. Because the like, the the head guy he reminds me of like that episode of Saved by the Bell where Zach Morris looked to the future and thought he was going to be a game show host. That's the level level of annoying he is. So he's not even just normal game show host annoying. And so I can see these guys if they were like like say if they were hosts uh, on a tour or something like that where they're used to having to say the same dumb things over and over again in a semi interested manner. Well, just trying to be loud enough for everyone to hear, and they think that's what acting is. I can see that being the case. Can we talk about what is arguably the best part of the entire movie? The dream sequence. <laughs> uh, because uh, arguably, well, huh? Well, no. While I agree that most of the the humor in this film like falls on deaf ears. The whole joke of made for your brain directed by David Lynch. <laughs> and it's just like four and a half minutes of just fucking weird, like weird posturing and people making noises. <laughs> I was like, that's a pretty good David Lynch joke. <laughs> no, it wasn't a good joke. <laughs> Contrary opinion, that was just poorly done humor. I, I get that they know who David Lynch is, which is, I guess, better than not knowing who David Lynch is, but it's not really an accomplishment to know who he is. Hater. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take it on this movie. Yeah. Like, there's like a 20-minute scene, or it felt like 20 minutes anyway, of just like a guy eating spaghetti and getting it on his shirt. And it's like, yeah. Is this like I'm literally watching it going? Like, am I supposed to think this is funny? Like, what's the joke of this? 
Like, See, w- once again, it's it's one of the parts that surprised me that it's not a trauma movie because that weird extended, uh, just being gross. Mm-hmm. Does it, you know what I mean? And not not gross in a like you're going to make the audience throw up way, but just gross in a look at this this filthy pig human acting like a filthy pig human. <laughs> And thinks he's like the sexiest person ever. <sighs> yeah, for some reason, it, and I must have misread the the back of this movie. I thought like the host did something that caused him to go to death row and then had to compete on his own game show, which I thought was going to be interesting. But that's not at all what this movie was about. No. And once again, with the setup with the kids, I thought that's what was going to happen. I thought he was mm. going to be running from these guys, hit the kids, end up on death row. Yeah. And then the rest would be done. Yeah. Weirdly enough, this movie has uh, not a lot of actual gore. Um, a little bit of only... boobs. What's that? Said a little bit of boobs. So there's only two shots of boobs, which you could easily edit out if you really needed to. Um, so I felt like, I'm like, this movie had to have run on USA up all night. This seems like a perfect USA up all night movie. Um, and I looked through multiple lists of movies that have aired on USA up all night. And this one did not make the cut apparently. Well, good for USA. Cause <laughs> they had better standards than we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't blindly watch whatever Brian says to watch. Get on them. <laughs> Smarter than us. Yeah, it's so hard to discuss this movie because it was just so nothing. Like it was just, yeah. It... Yeah, I would say the the only type of people who are going to enjoy this movie are the type of people who enjoy the mid grade trauma movies, which is not a huge group of people. <laughs> I'm one of those people, but there aren't a lot of us. So. <laughs> If, if you don't find that kind of stuff funny, like the multiple jokes of his secretary masturbating while reading a <laughs> book called Heart Nibbles. Yeah. Yeah, that's... yeah, so my wife watched this with me. Oh, tell her I said sorry. <laughs> I will when I go back upstairs. Um, yeah, like 15 minutes in, she's just like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, I'm like, I know. I... I yeah. And then when it was over, she's just like, oh my god. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, th- like there's absolutely no way that I would have made it through this movie from the fact that we were going to podcast. I contemplated turning it off even and just telling you, sorry, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did that too, but then I would have had to watch spider movies, so that pushed me through. Yeah. Because it was just, uh, yeah, like I would have taken watching something like letting Noah pick two weeks in a row or something, just so <laughs> I didn't have to watch this. I, I I shouldn't have. I just, yeah. I just I I totally get the why you guys wouldn't like this movie, but come on, this movie is nowhere near as bad as a few of the movies. We've well, the thing about this movie is it's is nothing. It's not even necessarily that it's like atrociously bad. It's it's like the acting is the quality you would expect to see in a high school play, 
but they clearly had money to build sets and stuff. So why couldn't they get an actor? Like just one actor for somewhere in the movie. Like, and the dialogue is nothing. The plot is nothing. The jokes are completely not funny. They're not written funny. They're not delivered in a funny manner. There's, it's this movie is just it's nothing. It's just, I, my TV is off right now, and staring at it is more interesting than watching this movie. <laughs> the thing for me is, I guess it it doesn't lead up to anything. Like, there's no like big plot point of like I mentioned. I thought the plot point was going to be that. He has to go to death row and then compete on his own game show, but it's like a series of events that are somewhat connected, but there's no like real build up for anything. No, don't you know he learns the error of his ways? I guess. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I don't concede that at all. And it's like the level of humor in this movie is at the point where it's like they try to do like the joke where it's like the girl is from a group and when they finally tell you what the group is it's like oh women who are against everything men like because she's trying to feminize him and it's like he murders people on television for a living that's not exactly like you know like a feminazi for wanting to put a stop to that it's not like she's not trying to get fighting out of hockey she's trying Look to get at, these, on television. these liberals don't even want us torturing and executing people on television for our amusement <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, sorry everybody. Yeah, Just... this this movie is garbage. If you like 80s garbage, it's not even the best garbage, but it's okay. No, it's not. No, that's saying this movie is okay is unacceptable. It's it's not okay that this movie exists. Listen, Doug, we got different scales. Sorry. <sighs> I like it. I like it in that weird trauma y way. I like the fact that it's it's cheap and it's badly acted and this is clearly something where a bunch of people got together and had just enough money to make a movie and have all their friends that worked with them as tour guides at <laughs> Universal Studios play all the people in the movie. And something about that to be is is tolerable. <laughs> I don't know. Like if if you and your friends have a video camera and you want to have fun playing and stuff, and just don't release it and try to convince me it's a movie. It's not. All right. And it had a bitchin' theme song. We don't have enough movies with bitchin' theme songs. It's not. It had a song. game show. I'll concede that it had a, a theme song. I'm not conceding to the bitching. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Do we have feedback by chance? Uh, we do not. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So, anybody watch anything since last week? Not everybody wants. <laughs> no way. You want to go first? I'm trying to think if I've actually watched a single thing. I've been working overtime at work, so I haven't had fucking dick for time. Been watching more Shit's Creek. Yeah. 
It shows pretty good. It's it's so good, but it's there are times where that show's so awkward it makes you uncomfortable watching it. <laughs> it's kind of like trying to rewatch The Office. Did you guys watch The Office while it was on? Yeah. While it was on, you'd watch it, and you in the Michael character, you'd just kind of like laugh, and you'd be like, "Ha ha ha ha! He's so inappropriate. That's so funny." And now you try to rewatch it, and it like gives me anxiety. And I'm like, "Oh my god, he's so fucking inappropriate! <laughs> Why? Who would do that? He's a monster." <laughs> That's the difference between seeing things week to week and and watching them all in a row. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Because Shit's Creek, uh, uh, who plays the mom? God damn it. Catherine O'Hare? Catherine O'Hare, thank you. Yep. You know, she's so fucking good at playing just a complete obnoxious fucking weirdo person. <laughs> and it, it's a testament to her acting how just fucking odd she is in that show. Because you're watching it and she is like Beetlejuicy in bizarre but like believable like you believe she's a real person you might bump into <laughs> yeah i love Catherine O'Hare. um all right well doug did you watch anything uh i was also in a television mood this week mm-hmm. so i watched all of daredevil season three yeah well, I will let you know, we started Daredevil, and I've only seen the first two episodes. Okay, it, it's super good. <laughs> yeah, it's good so far. Yeah, like, it's, it's like Daredevil for me is the, is the best of the Marvel series. Mm-hmm. I think they walk the line between being serious television and being a comic book show, the best out of all of them. And uh, this one really gets back to being what season one was all about, which is, it's about these two characters daredevil and kingpin both on their own separate journeys kind of on target to run into each other at some point and uh like this one starts with them both being kind of down and out and having to reestablish themselves um very character driven which i liked they do a really good job of giving everybody an interesting storyline so you've got like you know foggy and karen are all back and involved in the story which you would expect they all have their own things to do that are all interesting and all interconnected just enough i like a lot of the new characters i won't talk about them too much if you haven't seen them yet but there's like there's a like an fbi agent that becomes a significant character throughout it and i i liked him i liked his little journey that he goes on Um, he was sort of introduced at the end of the second episode yeah we stopped he started yeah because yeah they get in like in a car accident and then are attacked and suddenly this dude's picking people off. And then my brain went, oh, that's right. I forgot that dude was going to be on this season. Yeah, so, that's, not, yeah. that's not the guy I was referring to. I was referring to the other guy. Oh, uh, uh, okay. The actual the FBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's – both of those guys are very important throughout the rest of the season. And I like them both, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Every every character in this season's real good. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. – There's it's, no wasted space. It's super interesting. They – weave a little bit of a political message into there um, or just by coincidence their villain happens to act like your president and they're just <laughs> that's just what happens when you make them accurate to the comics I guess <laughs> um, so yeah it's 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 fantastic I really like the way they had to 
alter Daredevil's fighting style. I think they did an amazing job of like they talk in the beginning about how he can't do all of the things that he used to do. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the season his fighting style evolves to his new abilities, his new lack of abilities. Mm-hmm. And it's really well done. There's and there are times where he like loses fights and comes back to fight that same guy again using a different technique, which is like totally interesting for like a comic book movie. Like most of the time you lose the fight, you come back for the next round. You just yeah, but now I'm more motivated, right? Like that's about all it takes, you know. Um, here you actually see him using different fighting techniques, and you see just how many different techniques that Matt Murdock is trained in. Because at some point, at some points, he's like full on Muay Thai. Sometimes he's doing like boxing, all sorts of different stuff. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm excited to keep watching. There's there's an action scene that like every season of Marvel television, I think now is required to have one long single shot action fight scene where a main character has to fight a bunch of guys and mm. it's fucking great this time around. So nice. Yeah, you'll get the, the, the unspooling of, uh, Kingpin's like, uh, web, you know, his like influence thing that he's doing is, is just fucking phenomenal. Where you keep you keep thinking like he's going in one direction, and then you're like, "Oh fuck, no, no, he's way ahead, everybody." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I love Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. He's just great. They actually do start calling him Kingpin in this season too, which is, I guess, technically a spoiler. But yeah, see- I was ex- I was excited that he was back, sort of as the main villain for this season because I loved him in the first season. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I sure as hell hope they don't cancel this show. I would love to see these characters end up interacting. Like, mm-hmm. I'd love to see this version of Kingpin interacting with Spider-Man at some point. I think that would be fucking cool. Um, I don't yeah. know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, they've been keeping everything pretty separate. See, if I don't know what I'm... See, what I'm kind of hoping is that part of the reason Netflix is canceling these Marvel shows is because they're going to pop back up in some different format when Disney has their own streaming service up and running. Uh, which would be cool. Yeah, but that doesn't help Netflix at all. Yeah, but look, at the end of the day, with all the shit they're announcing on this Disney stuff, let's <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and concede I'm going to end up paying for that service. I mean, if they've got a Falcon and Bucky show going on at the same time as a live-action Star Wars series... Yeah, and I'm a Loki gonna, show. Yeah. Like, I was... Like, I just... I'm one of my plans in life that I was because I have a lot of important strategies of how to become a better human being I was going to buy the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe on like 4K and so that whenever I upgraded I'd have those all ready to go and rewatch them all but now I think mm-hmm. I'm going to get that streaming service instead and I assume they'll all be on there Yeah, but it's yeah so I'm hoping that they if they do bring those over then there will be more room for these series to interact with characters from Mm-hmm. I still well, don't know how realistic it is that you're going to get a Spider-Man in a Daredevil series, but there could yeah. be some minor crossover. Well, from what I remember, there was some like big argument between Kevin Feige and whoever's in charge of the Marvel TV stuff, and yeah. that sort of like put a big, big thing where they just were not interacting with each other at all. 
sort of like, yeah, just do your shit and leave me alone. And, you know, they're just sort of not coexisting very well. From what I can see, having watched everything, um, at least everything on Netflix and everything in the theaters, it looks like to me you could still say these are the same universe. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're like reference events and stuff that happen, but they're just sort of sort of not playing ball with each other. So they're just like doing their own shit without sort of talking to each other about what's going on. Cause yeah, except Netflix is not going to make these shows anymore. Hopefully they're going to let the rights fall back to Marvel to do yeah. it their own way. Like I, hopefully they're not just going to kill these characters off. And I don't see any reason why you wouldn't why, like something as good as Daredevil. I don't know why Marvel would want to continue that. Mm. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. I, I really liked it. I like I say, it's it's it was fantastic. People should watch it if they're debating watching it. But I mean, we can maybe get into it in more detail as you go along. Yeah, for sure. Except you'll start referencing specific episodes, and since I watched it in like four days, I won't <laughs> I won't be able to keep them all separate. But. Um, I see Noah just saw some comic book news that I had shared on Facebook. Indeed. Uh, if anybody's a fan of the Hellboy character, specifically the Lobster Johnson character in the Hellboy universe, it looks like for the next movie they've cast Thomas Hayden Church as Lobster Johnson. Which just the fact that the Lobster Johnson's going to be in it makes me very happy. Who <laughs> would I'll, t- I'll tell you what. You know what? Nobody could have ever told me a long time ago that that dude, that the the dumb guy on wings. <laughs> is probably going to end up being this fantastic fucking actor who everything is in. I'm like, damn, he's so fucking good. Uh, Spider Spider Man three, garbage. He it's was gar- good. At it's it, a garbage movie. Yeah, but every second he's on the screen. If they would have just stuck with that storyline, it would be the best Spider Man. And if they had not tried to force that storyline into Spider Man's backstory. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was weird. We yeah, all yeah. agree that was dumb. The, the sympathetic guy that gets sent away for trying to like steal to help his daughter and stuff—that was he played that part very, very well. Mm. And he played as he became more villainous, he was able to amp it up. It his performance is great. Mm. Yeah, too bad it was a shitty movie. Yeah, acting not the problem with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of other stuff <laughs> is the problem with that movie. Uh, you got anything else, Dan? Uh, well, I also went and got caught up with The Walking Dead. Oh I, yeah. You, neither of you guys watch it, do you? I do. You, oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So, are you up to date? Oh yeah, I watch every Sunday. Okay. I, I got in the habit because uh, back when it, I, I guess I could say it mattered more. Um, I like well, I can't even go on Facebook till I watch The Walking Dead, otherwise someone's gonna ruin it for me. Yeah, which is a real problem. Yeah, uh, it's a problem with our society, not some of the show's fault. Yeah, but, yeah like I knew, I, I have been watching it, and then I, I was a couple episodes behind, and I knew the Rick storyline had come to an end. So mm-hmm. I thought it was weird the way they ended it. I pretty much called how they ended it. Yeah. Well. Okay. So knowing now, it's been announced that the Rick character will continue in the universe through movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is, yeah. 
Yeah, their 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 way of saying it is like, well, technically, we just said Rick Grimes' last Walking Dead episodes. Yeah, and we're just like, you sons of bitches! You knew you knew what you were doing. I just I don't understand the point of it. Like, I assumed that taking Rick off the show was being done because he, like, the actor wanted to leave. But if he's sticking mm. around to do movies, why not just leave him in the show? Well, because I think just doing movies frees him, frees up more of his time, so he can do other stuff. Because because I, I think he's only doing like one movie a year or something. So, you know, that's like four months out of his life that he can go do other shit too. Plus, eventually, it has to like do damage to your brain having to say, "Carl, stay in the house." That many times. <laughs> Carl's not around anymore. He died last season or whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I liked it or didn't like it. I, it was I thought yeah. he, like him being chased by a horde of zombies for an entire episode was fun. I liked some of the flashbacks to the older characters that they did. Mm. Yeah, I really like seeing Herschel because uh, what's his name, the actor Scott Wilson. Yeah, like now that yeah. no he's not around, that can be the last time we see him. I, I thought that was a touching moment. Mm-hmm. Know, obviously, it wasn't planned. But... <laughs> Yeah, I honestly figured something would come to a head and then he would end up getting exiled from sort of the group. Yeah, like, would then strike out on his own and then, yeah, just. That's, I kind of imagined either exiled or I thought possibly if, because there's the whole little subplot with uh, Maggie going to go kill Negan and Daryl's on her side. Mm -hmm. I thought possibly that they they would be successful and then Rick would just go fuck it like i've worked so hard to build this new society and you guys don't give a shit so i'm going this way mm. like i'm not one of those two things i didn't anticipate him being i still don't know where the helicopter goes i have trouble following where the universe is and i haven't read the comics so <laughs> yeah. um, but whatever it'd be interesting to see um did you watch the little preview for the next three episodes that they did yeah for those i don't know i I guess spoiler, but I mean, at this point, they've announced sort of everything that's going on. So if you even remotely pay attention to The Walking Dead, then you already know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they jump ahead by like six years at the end of the episode. Something like that. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I tried to guess how much that little girl had aged. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, which I'm actually excited about. I kind of, yeah, kind of like stuff where you get established characters, and then there'll be like a time jump. And now you see where all these characters are and you don't know why they're they're that way. And then you get to kind of watch all that unfold. Yeah, I like that element of it. And I also just think, what else are you going to do like mm. in this time frame? Like, yeah. I think you need to, I think you need to kind of separate from this storyline of like breaking down these different groups and trying to bring them back together. That's been going on for like two seasons now since Negan was mm. introduced. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in favor of the time jump. The the little girl that they got playing Rick's daughter, in the that's the older version. She seems to be good enough that she'd be able to be a main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Amanda was like, "Oh my gosh, look at her! She's got a little baby ninja sword. She's got, she's I like got the hat. She, I like that she was clearly raised by Michonne, so she's got the sword. I like yeah. that. <laughs> what about the?" So they basically have played up as these zombies will start to evolve. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, not a fan of that. No, I 
be curious to see where it goes. I don't yeah. know. I don't want to say I'm not a fan of the idea until I see how they do it and how far it goes. No. Um, but be interested. I don't know because my understanding was that way back, like early on, like there was arguments between like Greg Nicotero and George Romero. Because Romero said like the zombie should start to evolve pointed out that his films they always kind of were evolving and even the first zombie ever could still use a rock to break a window kind of thing mm-hmm. and that the argument was no 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 in in the walking dead universe they don't evolve at all they can't use even a simple tool like a rock there are these mm-hmm. mindless beasts that like walk around and they form groups more just out of we're all headed in the same direction and they all kind of form into a group mm-hmm. The whole group turns if you fire a gun once, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, what do you think, Noah? What do you think of zombies starting to talk? Uh, well, my favorite movie is Day of the Dead, so yeah. I, don't, I don't have a problem with a zombie saying something. Mm. I just feel like it's weird in this in this universe for that to happen i uh, the, my part my issue is i don't have a lot to say on this one because i do not keep up with the walking dead i haven't watched it yeah. since about the third season yeah just because i decided that i don't like all their weird cliffhangery shit and i was going to be pissed off if they just ended at some point mm. so it, i decided to... stuff is, what, is what gets me angry in the show too yeah. i almost stopped watching in the whatever two seasons ago when they were doing the like who will die next and then we're gonna you have to wait a year to find out i almost stopped watching at that point yeah 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 exactly it doesn't bother me so i go watching it and i decided same thing with game of thrones like i'm not gonna fucking watch game of thrones until game of thrones is done and then i'll watch game of thrones mm-hmm. same thing with walking dead when they do the final episode of walking dead i'll watch the walking dead yeah i don't know i always likened it to i mean they've always done like cliffhanger tv like who shot JR, like all that kind of stuff. Well, so, this is going to shock you, but I was never a big Dallas guy either. Well, I wasn't either, but I know like those milestones, the things that happened. I know that who shot JR was like the biggest deal for like, you know, the three months it was off TV. So stuff like that, it really never bothered me. I figured it's just sort of continuing that tradition. And plus, uh, I know that. <laughs> I've seen articles that they are planning on keeping The Walking Dead going as long as possible. So apparently they've already got plans for like the next 10 years. Well, I mean, with like fucking Walker Stalker Con and all that kind of shit. There's a Walker Stalker Cruise. Yeah. So I know there's no hope. I mean, there's no worry about like, well, they're going to leave a cliffhanger and then cancel it and never resolve it. I know that's that's not going to be a problem with this show. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to see. I'm curious to see this week's episode. I find it interesting that they're doing it halfway through the first, the first half. Yeah, like I just assumed Rick leaving was going to be our mid-season finale. I, yeah, I don't keep track of like I don't. I didn't know the. I don't know when they announced their breaks and stuff. So I just kind of figured, okay, we're we got a hiatus now, but I guess we don't. No, yeah, it's usually because they cut seasons in half is what it is now so there's like six you know six episodes of the first half and usually six or seven in the second half and so yeah i figured episode six would be rick leaving dying whatever 
But yeah, three episodes in, they're just like, yep, yeah, Rick's gone. We just jumped ahead six years. And now we got three episodes to show you before we take our winter break. And it's just like, whoa, holy shit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see this week's episode to kind of see how they're going to set set everything up for the next, you know, for like the the next story arc and stuff. It's going to be yeah. interesting. So, yeah, I, I am curious to see where it's headed, which is the first time in a while I've been really like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? So mm. it's, that's a positive, I guess. Yeah, the interesting thing is uh, this was also Maggie's last episode for a while. And yeah. there was no uh, no real comment on that. Well, the thing with the time jump is you can have anybody be there or not there. And yeah. Oh, yeah it's, 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 it right away. it's the perfect story point for them at this point when people are leaving because of contract negotiations and whatever. Yeah, because then you can always yeah. just have them, yeah. If you need, if they're willing to come back later, you just write them back in. It's not hard, mm-hmm. right? As long yeah. as you, you know, show a gravestone, you're fine. Yeah, and then you got a good story. Said, you can you can show a gravestone, and they can be back <laughs> anyway. It doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, I just think it's an interesting story point now that she's gone. But yeah, we jumped ahead, so now we don't have to explain anything, and just whenever she reemerges, because more than likely she will. Um, you just sort of go, oh yeah. Now we have a little story point we can play with to show like what happened to her when she left or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll like I'm gonna keep up with it. I guess at this point, why not? And uh, see where it goes. Mm. Me too. I'm interested. But I, I will say, like the show has had its ups and downs. It was at one point my favorite show. I loved it. And then it, I all like uh, multiple times. I almost stopped watching it. And now I'm like really genuinely interested again. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. I'm the same way. I hear people all the time. If I mention, I'm still watching the walking dead. And they're like, you're still watching that. Oh, I jumped off after season three. I'm just like, well, good for you. I mean, it all hasn't been like super great, but, I like the show, so I'm willing to kind of ride the roller coaster and see where it's going rather than just being like, nope, didn't like this story arc. I'm done. Yeah, plus I'm still riding the wave of like, okay, I was a little kid. I'd go to the video store and just write whatever zombie movie I hadn't seen before. And then like a week later, I got to go back and rent another one. And now there's just a weekly television show about a zombie apocalypse. I'm like, that's awesome. I don't, I, I, you know what I mean? I know at some point there's going to be enough geek stuff out there between the MCU and everything AMC mm. does and Game of Thrones and that it's going to stop being novel to just have won the battle for society and we've taken over. But it's still fun for me to know that we, mm. to know that it's our world now. Yeah. And it's interesting they're going to sort of create the sort of Walking Dead universe. Yeah. Um, with these movies and then apparently they said there's uh there's no reason like other characters can't have movies um that have come and gone like maybe even doing prequels for some characters or whatever and i don't know if it's gonna be good just to sort of jump on putting out a billion movies the first year of all this stuff but it'll be interesting to see hopefully they're smart enough to 
give it time, right? Like, and then do mm-hmm. the movies later on. Yeah. So, like, maybe see how the first couple go. But yeah, because I tried watching Fear of the Walking Dead when it came. Yeah. And it was okay, but I'm just like, I got other stuff I can watch that is better than this, so I just stopped watching it. Yeah, it was the same way with it. It was my yeah. opinion. Well, my biggest problem with that is I didn't like some of the main characters at all. And mm. it's like, I'm not going to watch a show built around these people. Yeah. And I've heard it's actually gotten better, but I'm like, yeah, but I still have to go through like four seasons of a show I didn't necessarily enjoy to get to that point. Yeah, I started PVRing it when Morgan jumped over, and I thought, well, mm-hmm. that could be interesting. But then I never watched those episodes. They're still just in their PVR. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, it's probably never going back to that now, I guess. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, that is it for me. Unfortunately, oh, most of my time. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I only watched one thing. Um, and I was going to mention Daredevil and stuff, and you already covered that. Uh, so I sat down the other night and decided to watch a movie, scrolled through a bunch of stuff, saw that someone had added the movie to my voodoo. And uh, that movie was The Meg. And so oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I wanted to watch this. Let's just, I'll sit down and watch this. Uh, so that was the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I loved every single minute of it. <laughs> And it's the perfect response. <laughs> uh, I just, I think you brought it up when you reviewed it, but it's like, oh, look, it's Jason Statham versus a giant shark. Oh, wait, turns out that wasn't even the biggest giant shark. There's another giant shark. And I'm like, this is the most ridiculous shit ever. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, it was super fun. It was, yeah. Just an 80s action blockbuster, like dumb commando style movie, but with a giant shark. Yeah. And I mean, there's literally a point towards the end of the movie where, and I think I watched, because on Voodoo it comes with special features. So I got to watch like the making of like afterwards. Oh, yeah. And I think they mentioned that uh, (laughs) the estimates from the fossilized teeth that have been found. that most megalodons were probably around like 60 feet. And that's just a general estimate because the teeth are the only thing they have to go on because yeah. most sharks are cartilage. So they just evaporate after they die. Um, and they're like, but for this movie, we made our meg 75 feet. So <laughs> I just love that it's Jason Statham versus a 75 foot shark. And there's literally a point in the movie where Jason Statham gets out of his little, uh, what the fuck were those things called? A little underwater submarine. Sort of yeah. submarine things where he, he has to get out of it. So he kicks out of it and it's literally Jason Statham with a knife yep. fighting a 75 foot <laughs> shark. And I'm like, this makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but oh, the shark fuck it. He had an advantage. <laughs> it's like fuck it. I'm just, I just want to see him stab a, a 75 foot shark and watch what happens. But that's, uh. I think I mentioned this one when, when I saw it. Uh, it's like it's the perfect 80s trope 
they start on the big giant ship and then it comes down to like the littler ship and then it comes down to the little submarine things and then eventually it's just hand-to-hand combat one-on-one between the head bad guy <laughs> and the good guy and just because the head bad guy is a 75 foot shark there's no reason to change that formula <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I absolutely loved it. I I had a great time watching it. You know, just shaking my head, going, "This is ridiculous," but just not like saying it with a smile on my face. Just yeah. not even like. Well, it's like every plot point is just ludicrous. Like when they find him and he's in that bar and like wherever he is, Thailand, and he's just like drunk and he just owns a boat and that's his whole thing. Like, <laughs> he just owns a boat, rents it out, and then just sits in a bar and drinks all day. That's just how he's living his life. They, they show up and it's like, they do the like the tense, like, but what if your ex-wife is trapped underwater? Well, now I'll come back. <laughs> it's so crazy. I love it. I need to watch which, that. Which ends up not even mattering at the yeah. end of the day that it's his ex-wife. Like, that's a plot point that you don't even need in that movie. No, you just need it because they're paying homage to the ridiculousness of 80s filmmaking. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. I liked pretty much all the actors. I thought they were all fantastic. Rain Wilson's awesome is yep. sort of a, uh, I don't know. I figure he's more of like an Elon Musk type character. I was going to say like Steve Jobs, but I think Elon Musk is a much better yeah, he's- representation. Kind of a combination of Elon Musk and Richard Branson. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I had a great time watching it and would highly recommend anybody uh, anybody wants to check it out. Just It's a high recommend for me. It's, Just be ready for it to be completely ridiculous because that's yeah, like, exactly what it's going for. Yeah, don't, don't go in looking for a serious discussion on whether release new animals into an ecosystem and how will that impact (laughs) (laughs) and then of course i love the fact that at the end uh you know towards the end they're just like well that thing's heading right for such and such bay what's that only the most densely populated beaches on the planet (laughs) and then just a wide shot of people in inner tubes where you literally cannot see the ocean because there's so many people at this beach (laughs) At that point, you're cheering for the shark, though, right? That's the, oh, totally. The one flaw in the filmmaking might be that you know they accidentally make the shark the hero and Jason Statham. <laughs> it's like I just want to watch this shark just like open its mouth and swim along and just swallow up like hundreds of people. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, Doug, you want to tell everybody what we're doing next week? I do. Um, Next week, the plan is to do... I don't know what we're calling the topic. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Who even put these on the list? I put them on the list because I just sort of stumbled across them. Um, We're going to be doing the 1972 movie Gargoyles. Mm -hmm. And the 1982 movie um, Tom Hanks. What the hell's the name of it? Mazes and Monsters. Mazes and Monsters. With Tom Hanks as a D&D player who D&D comes to life, or he thinks it does, but it really doesn't, or something. I don't remember. He's yeah. schizophrenic. He, right. gets all, he gets all weird. Well, spoiler alert. So <laughs> That's kind of how the movie starts. Oh, all right. I haven't seen it since the 80s. I remember liking it when I was a little kid, and... I haven't grown up that much, so I probably still like things I liked when I was a little kid. 
I've never seen it, so I'm anxious to check it out. Gargoyles, I don't think I've ever seen. I think it's one of those ones I always meant to get to. Now it's possible I saw it and forget all about it. I just want to see what a gargoyle in 1972 special effects looks like. <laughs> if I remember right, pretty fucking good. All right. My, my hopes are high. I'm very excited for next week. I think the movies are both going to be excellent. I'm probably wrong. And uh, I thought this week was going to be pretty good, and look what happened. Yeah. Fuck. Hey, 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 guess what? I picked the good movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you lied and said it was a movie about a game show when that was only the first 15 minutes. But <laughs> whatever. We'll take it. Uh, someone just posted that Soylent Green is on Amazon Prime. Nice. I've never seen I that before. I may have to watch it. I own the VHS, so I don't know. Oh, it is fancy. I'll tell you what. It's a surprisingly good, uh, like, socio-political science fiction thriller <laughs> that's <laughs> only known for one line for some reason. Yeah, like it's, it's people. You can thank Phil Hartman for that one, I think. It's mainly, though, the movie is mainly about the universe it exists in. It's one of those types of, like, post-apocalyptic movies where you're just kind of like, look at how everything ended up because we didn't change our ways. And from that aspect, it's really, really good. And then, for some reason, it's also about slightly green being people. So someone in the mainstream exploitation and random nutter trash group on Facebook posted some epic finds on Amazon Prime. And it's uh, Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets, Logan's Run, Soylent Green, uh, the original Westworld, Excalibur, and The Hunger are all up on Amazon Prime to be viewed. Which means nothing for Doug. But so That would be Amazon Prime in the US if we're all yes. correct. Yes. Not necessarily helpful to anyone <laughs> who do not live in the US, but you guys don't bother to point that out, so you get my hopes up. <laughs> well, I mean, these might be on the Canadian they Amazon Prime, but... They might also might not be. I know Mean Streets is on Netflix here, so I can watch it that way, but I don't like nice. that movie, so I'm not going to... Oh, see, I bought the DVD a couple years ago. I've never watched it. I think Robert De Niro's performance in it is really, really good, but I don't think the movie is very good. Mm. No, I haven't seen it in a while, so I could yeah. be persuaded otherwise if I were to rewatch it, but I'm not going to. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.